Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about the role-playing games set in the world of darkness. We broadcast over Twitch on Sundays, 7 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Central Time, and are open to chatting with uh, fans during the show. Um, This is Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, We're going to be going over Gen Con 2018 and the events that happened in our Madison Under Siege game. I'm your frost, or I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. I'm your frost, F- Frozen Fofos, um, and my co-host today is uh, Motorori, who helped me create um, this podcast as well as a 40-person, four-table Gen Con event that we're going to be going over today. Actually, um, how are you doing, Mike? I'm pr- doing pretty good. Nice, relaxing weekend. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, and we have a very special guest here today with us, um, Amber, who worked with us on the 2016 and uh, to 2018 Gen Con 40-person, four-table, uh, tabletop Gen Con event that we did. Um, how are you doing, Amber? Doing pretty good. Um, so today um, we're going to be talking with Amber about her experience that she had as a new player and new storyteller um, in the world of darkness and what uh, what it was like, you know, running as a new storyteller and player playing in and storytelling um, and then eventually storytelling in. Uh, you played in the first year, right? And then um, the third or second and third year you, you did storytelling for the vampire game. Um, and you played in the werewolf game, I believe, uh, the first year. Is that right? Yep. I started as a player. Uh, what was was yeah. it? Marco Gray was my character. In, uh, yeah, Marco Gray. Yep. And then the next year when the G- general, uh, GM, Jerome, had to back out for various reasons, you asked me to GM for a vampire, which... I've never played <laughs> at that time. Yeah, well, you played a, a little bit, I believe. Didn't I thought that you were? Maybe you weren't part. Were you part of the big game that we did, or we did like a, a role playing or an example of uh, what I did at Gen Con 2015, the year the the lead up year to it. But in any case, yeah, there was uh, a lot of uh, work that it took to get you um, going on that and. Uh, I thank you so much for for jumping in and just you know like being really new to everything um, and really being declared by a lot of people as the best GM out of the bunch for sure. <laughs> I'm still surprised by that, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, uh, I had a lot of fun and I learned so much from those games. So. Um, we're also going to be doing, uh, going to be fulfilling a full promise on the uh, going over, and you know, this is like what a three-year-old promise now that we were supposed to go over a, a breakdown of all the things that happened in 2018, as well as you know, kind of an overview of what happened in the other games, which we did a good chunk of the overview of what uh, what we did in a lot of the other games in our final for season one, and this is going to be our final for season two, where we're just going to give a a, f- a 
final breakdown of everything that happened, mainly focusing on 2018 because 2017 and 16 was covered in our extremely long podcast um, for our final of uh, season one. Um, so, which dropped right before uh, Gen Con 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I remember correctly. And then, yeah, we put some special stuff in there so that when you came to 2018, if you gave us some code words, you got some special uh, secret information and special stuff. Which I don't remember exactly how yeah, that remember, worked out, but I remember a couple uh, people. Yeah, we did. had two people. Two people actually brought the code. <laughs> two people? I thought it was just the one guy. Well, they both came up together. So. Okay, yeah, I had one guy from, I think, Werewolf. Yeah, I had, I had one from my vampire table. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You were more popular than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's kind of go over, uh, I think, real quick. Um, Mike, do you want to just kind of go over the, the our breakdown that we have here of the different kind of things that we were going to have happen and we'll kind of, as we're going through them, we'll uh, discuss what actually happened. So this is what we prepared for. Uh, this is absolutely not what happened. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about what actually happened. All right, happened so I'll just, I'll just session. read hour one. Yep. Yeah, so hour one, uh, the, the protective barrier has gone down and Madison is under siege. The hunters are fighting a zombie outbreak. The werewolves are fighting black spiral dancers, etc. Vampires are under assault from Sabat raider bands. Majors, uh, mages, uh, Horizon Realm is under attack by Nefandi, and uh, each player is given an example downtime sheet of what they did for the uh, week of downtime. Now, I do remember that we did fill out, did we fill out sheets for every character for what they did in the previous week? Yeah, I believe as we an got example. a downtime for example for everybody. It was a lot of work, but we did get, get that in there, except for maybe the werewolves, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and downtime sheets were actually a big part of these games, uh, <laughs> strangely enough, because uh, people could put a certain amount of uh, time of their week. Uh, and then there was a discussion of whether or not we were going to have them roll for things or just put points towards it, and I think we all dealt with it differently. Um, but uh, if I remember correctly, when we actually got to the game and people were reading their packets, we had... Uh, uh, first of all, our werewolf GM uh, wasn't there, uh, and we had known that I think two weeks ahead of time. Uh, and um, so, no, we didn't. We didn't know that until we went to Gen Con. Yeah. Was it? Was it that late? Yeah, I was, think it was at least the day before. It was like it was like the left. day before we left. Yeah, it was it was basically once yeah. once we tried to confirm whether he was, you know. What, what the plan was to get there, he, he was like, yeah, it just came up, I can't come. So definitely was understandable, though. So stuff happens, real life yeah. is more... Yeah, and we, we, we dealt with it, and uh, it worked out. Um, but anyway, so so once, we st- once people started reading their amazingly printed packets, uh, bound and printed, printed and bound uh, packets about their characters, uh, I think we were we were uh, outside, and we had conferred, and we decided to kind of completely change the structure of the game, and basically put like some political pressures on them, and just said, 
figure it out with LARPing. And the whole point of the LARPing is to figure out like what you're going to do with your downtime sheets. And I think we went through like two cycles of that before we hit the actual protective barrier going down. Uh, so, so there's that. Yeah, I and I can be completely setup, wrong about that. I remember setup being very chaotic. We we had because we were down a GM, we really had to figure out and organize the werewolves and let them know what was going on. Um, we I think we did let things be a little bit more freeform. I don't remember having multiple downtimes that happened at that point um, because we didn't really plan for that. Um, I don't know if it would even be possible for that to happen, but I know that we did a lot of, like, it was, I, I believe it went longer than uh, it, the first hour um, right. for that to all kind of settle in. From what I remember, it was supposed to be, uh, the game started literally like a week. Was it a week? Or, no, it was, it, it was supposed to happen right after uh, the election votes were settled from the previous game. And then stuff was supposed to go sporadic right after but with the werewolves being in place we we had to move stuff back and just make them warp yeah if i remember correctly we gave them kind of this challenge of uh there are different proposals for how to structure a government or uh just it was some political stuff and then at the same time if I, uh, all of their character sheets had personal uh, goals, and the idea was, oh yeah, it's it's coming back to me. Like for the hunters, it was they all had something having to do with the hunter academy. That if they got certain enough signatures, uh, then that goal would be fulfilled. And honestly, it it was pretty much just a. A way to fill their time <laughs> yeah. uh, is what it really was but but in retrospect i think they had a good time with that part because it was it was all about going around the room and like explaining your positions to other characters and it was it was tabletop larp in its most distilled form and people enjoyed it yeah yeah it was uh, i remember doing quite a bit with uh we worked with the the mages um kind of had to in the beginning they they had to do a lot of uh, political stuff to name the new leader um, because they had an interim leader for after after Gen Con 2017, the mages had discovered that uh, Leah, which was one of our big secrets, was that she was a um, Nefandi, um, but she was this like, um, she had split personality regarding it. So there was actually like an, an invasive uh, part of her that, um, was doing all of this. It, you could almost look at it from like the point of view of a wraith. It's, if you if you know anything about wraith, they have a shadow, and that shadow does all this evil shit um, to try and corrupt all the good things that a wraith does. Um, and that's what basically I kind of took with this is that she had a shadow that kind of corrupted everything that she did and was working with the nameless the whole time, and she was the leader um, after year. One, um, she was declared by the players to be the leader of, uh, which was awesome that the leader was the Nefandi in the end, um, declared by the players. And then year two, she was outed 
um, and they decided not to kill her. They saved her, um, which we'll go into more um, of what would happen. Or we went into uh, that already, sorry, in our final for season one. So this year they had to decide what to do now that that leader was um, gone. Um, and, well, she was she the um, she's no longer going to be allowed to be this the leader because of all this stuff that happened, but she actually was saved. So she still was a character and a playable character to play at that time, but her trust value went way down um, just because she had this happen to her. Um, which I don't know if that's a necessarily the proper thing to do in that situation after you save somebody uh, like that. I mean, if you look at it from some shows, but it was that's what the players wanted. They were like, nope, I want to kick kick this person out of office now that they know we know they were corrupt in the beginning, even if it wasn't their fault. Um, but in any case, um, so there was a lot of debate that had to, that we had with the the mages just doing that. And I remember that the werewolves, we kind of still had them do their own thing and talk about all this stuff and get stuff set up, but we did more of like visiting in with them instead of having a permanent GM, which we kind of, you know, because of that, everybody wasn't, you know, all the GMs weren't always at your table all the time, but all three of us kind of worked together with the werewolves, I believe. And we kind of split them off. Yeah, I think I was, I was checking in with them quite a bit. Um, but the way we structured it with the downtime and the sheets and uh, the the personal goals and the organizational goals, uh, like that that basically made it so we only ever had to check in for most of the game. Uh, but then, of course, when when the attack happened, we basically said like, oh, the werewolves are just going to disperse to the other tables," which actually I think people really enjoyed. And wait, I vaguely remember the the hunter and vampire table coming together at the end yeah uh, I, I don't remember why it was i think it was what we knew on the map where the hunter academy was right yeah and you had built that map i think it was based on the different uh alderman sections from the original madison under siege game yeah oh yeah uh, and and it, I think it just randomly happened that they finally popped up into the Hunter Academy section. And so we were just like, no, they're just all here now. And that was right before the end battle. Oh, yes, because we popped out of the sewers right in that moment. Cool. Uh, you know, the game was, was very complicated in like regards of like, especially since I was a brand new uh, GM. 80% of the characters that were created, I didn't make. Uh, and then the one ten percent was Ben, who made his own character. So he was my best and also my worst character that I had. And then the other 10% was the characters that I created to slow him down. <laughs> uh it was should, fun. should we talk about? Should we talk about Ben? Is he ever going to hear this? Should oh, we just ben, talk about him. I, I mean, I, maybe he will hear it, and hopefully he does. Uh, but I, I like yeah. Ben. Um, I, I think what we'll do is we'll do a, we'll do a talk about that though in the secret section more because we have a thing kind of almost okay. specifically dedicated to him, anyways. So, um, but uh, 
let's see here. So, yeah, what's, what's next here? Um, next up would be our two and three. Um, so Madison is under siege, so we finally completely fulfilled the promise of the namesake of Madison under siege in this uh, game. Um, this was a tabletop combat assault for each table um, plays out their defense. Um, so we had a thing planned for the werewolves where... Um, you know, the werewolves are going to be fighting with a bunch of Black Spiral dancers that were attacking, but that never happened, of course. Um, and we kind of just had the werewolves join, um, the werewolves split up and join the vampires, werewolves, and mages, like one, uh, you know, a couple players from each, um, which kind of filled us out to being, I think all of us had basically 10 people at our table plus at that point then. Uh, I think the hunter table was at eight. So I think with the werewolves, I was at 10. Yep. And I know I had... But like, I honestly cannot remember. I think I had like 8. I think I you two. had 10. I, might I think you had 10 mages. I think you were all Phil. That's you were possible. Filled. And, then, uh, and then I also took on like two werewolves. And I think Amber took on like three werewolves or more. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the vampire table was a little light. Like, you had, like, six or seven people. Uh, yeah, I think what happened was when people showed up and we told them there was no dedicated werewolf uh, GM, uh, I think it was, like, it would have been, like, seven people at the werewolf table, but it went down to, like, four or five when they were, like, well, I'd rather be at, like, a hunter table. Oh, yeah, I remember that they kind of switched up what they were going to yeah. just use for their tickets. So there were, yeah, because yeah, there were only like four or five or six werewolves the entire time. Yeah, I think, didn't a few maybe even become vampires? I think maybe a couple of, yeah, people that bought tickets for the werewolf game switched to other tables uh, and played vampire or hunter or something. Yeah, but we definitely did somehow come through with uh, the true crossing of uh, darkness here and we we mixed vampire werewolf you know or werewolf into every game system which werewolf actually isn't that bad if you're especially for this scenario where it's just a combat scenario against npcs um yeah sure just throw the werewolves in they'll just eat things like <laughs> and i remember them doing some pretty epic things <laughs> um so let's see here um each uh, faction must decide how... Let's see here. Oh, um, our... Sorry, our one. Werewolves are... So the Madison Hunters... So you guys were being under attack by zombies. And we had it that uh, that supernatural... Or that other hunters come in that hate all supernaturals, including the Gahara Nation that was created um, in 2017, um, which is basically the gathering of all madison supernaturals to say we're going to fight the nameless and that's the purpose of this place and they erected a force field that protected madison and lasted for a year until it went down um at the very beginning of this and that's where this assault comes from do you remember what happened in that assault at all uh well like i said before we restructured it uh so that the the actual attack uh didn't happen until later in the game at this point what actually happened was more political uh larping well that's what um, we already covered I'm, I'm saying we should talk about more about act one instead of our two three is more important what actually happened in your combat well because we already talked about the more what, political what actually happened in my combat 
yeah, what actually happened in my combat was just the the Hunter Academy was under assault from just a bunch of random stuff. And so I think uh, what I did at the time was I basically just wrote down uh, just like all the different parts of the Hunter Academy. So like the library, the underground bunker town, uh, the the boom boom room, the uh, uh, the dormitories. Uh, so I just wrote them all down on slips of paper and I just said like, okay, you guys are like in charge of the Hunter Academy. There's hunters everywhere. They're fighting supernaturals. Where do you guys want to go and like clean shit up? And so it was just like one by one. I just, I had them as a group go to a certain place. I would have them fight some stuff. I think they had a good time. Yeah. I remember them having a good time. So, Amber, do you remember what happened with the uh, vampires? Um, looks like for some reason we don't have a thing on there, but the vampires, I remember, was being assaulted by Sabat raiders. Um, and didn't you have something with the uh, the Zemisi antediluvian was in the sewers, similar to what was happening in New York and that he'd spread to Madison now? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I basically just had them do... Uh... Uh, a horde dungeon run in the sewers. Uh, it, but as they got closer to uh, the alcove where the Samisi's tree was was at, uh, I had them do, like, perception checks and all that stuff to make sure that they were like, yo, you should probably not mess with this tree. But of course, nobody pays attention to that. Uh, and then had Cameron come in to save them. So... Okay. Yeah, awesome. Um, and then my mages um, basically fended off uh, the Horizon Realm from a Nefandius, like attack, so they had, uh, or basically had it primarily made it up of the technocracy, um, and it was an extreme technocratic ass assault on their Horizon Realm, which um, visually or, you know, setting-wise is a giant, you know, basically floating island above Madison, um, you know, in the stratosphere or near outer space, basically, if you're looking at it from a technocratic point of view. Um, so they brought in a bunch of spaceships and attacked. Um, and I remember, oh, that's right. I remember when they had a big button to call in um, a Yvonne line support group basically is what i had it was that um all these players or all these uh you could press this button and it would summon a big group of, of pl online players that would uh, be flying big spaceships and stuff but if their spaceship got blown up in this uh you know horizon realm that it would actually go back and explode their computer to a deadly you know or likely to be deadly explosion that would probably kill the person so it's like big a big don't press this button you know, if unless you really need to, because you might be sacrificing a lot of human lives in order to do this. Um, but uh, sometimes you got to sacrifice in order to win the day when you're in a war against the Nefandi nameless, uh, when you have the nameless openly leading them. So um, they didn't use that big button in this. Um, they kept that um, because they felt that they kind of had it. Um, they... they they pulled out a bunch of. They did use that the year before, um, as well. They did. I believe they did use it the year before. But in any case, that's in our other podcast. This year, I know that they didn't do use it in the beginning combat. Um, they they pretty handedly was able to. Well, 
they were holding their own to a certain degree, and then I kind of tipped the scales um, where I was going to have it. You know, the Nefandi brought in a huge backup of uh, reinforcements, and it was going to look like it was going to be over. But then the traditions come in and save the day. Um, and then the traditions basically gave them an ultimatum, and I believe all of our groups got an ultimatum um, by you know a, a group that saved them, basically saying leave the Gahara pack and uh, join us, and then we're going to wipe out all of the other supernaturals and the nameless. Like we have a plan to win this whole thing, um, and so that was what our downtime act one downtime was about so we gave them a week basically to decide on what they wanted to do after winning the first assault on madison they also had to figure out what was going on with the um why did the shield go down um and who betrayed them on that um so we spent uh do you guys remember i don't remember a lot of what happened in downtime uh, one, to be honest, the very first downtime where it was right after that battle. Um, I remember there was a lot of pointing fingers at multiple people at my table. Because uh, the vampires didn't want the wall to begin with. And I believe the werewolves uh, didn't like Victor. Uh, Tori didn't like Victor either who was our venture uh, Victor King, if I remember. Uh, he was also elected like the head of the vampires at this point. So no one liked him anyway. Uh, but I think this was also the first time that people were suspected Ben for the first time. Because uh, our Camarilla agent that came in to save the day for them hinted a little bit that she didn't like him. Uh, so, Mike, you remember anything about that downtime? Uh, I want to say maybe there was a little bit of investigation about the, the, the wall coming down. But no, other than people trying to just get more funding for their section of the Hunter Academy, um, <laughs> Yeah, I honestly can't really remember. And we let people keep the packets that year, so we don't we can't look back. <laughs> Although I'm sure we still have some of them. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, anyway. Wait, no, we because we had them we had them rip out the downtime sheets, so we should still have those somewhere. Uh... I might still have those. Yeah, we'll have to. Well, no, you Josh would have should have them in his his uh his thing that he's always he always toted around with the big stupid maps. It's in there. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it, it's somewhere, but yeah, I'll have to dig through. Josh, that just, stuff eventually. just make your wife find those. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's see here. So, but basically, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was basically just dealing with what was happening, you know, from the attack that was happening. And yeah, like we said, investigation. But um, I remember that was a blur moment. I think there was a lot of like, just because we had gone through a lot with the beginning of that. And then the huge combat, like, kind of got people, um, 
you know, kind of riled up. So it was good to have a little bit of a downtime. People kind of went to the restrooms and did their stuff. Um, so act two was the meeting of the leadership. So each table had to host a meeting um, of their leadership to discuss all that had happened. Each faction must decide on how they want to resolve the issues presented to each group. Um, werewolves needed to decide whether needed to uh, support, which we didn't do uh, the werewolves, of course, outside werewolves or to work with the Gahara pack and to defend Madison. Basically, that's the way that it goes. For it. Everybody needed to decide whether or not they were going to work with the Gahara nation or they were going to work with an outside group as well as, you know, taking in any information that they got from downtime as to who, uh, you know, brought down the wall. And I remember my group being pretty... Uh, decided, um, you know, they, they kind of revealed all their informations. There was a few people that were in support of the, um, the group that was um, the Horizon Council, the new Horizon Council that came and saved their asses. But for the most part, um, you know, they pretty decidedly decided to join up with the Kahara Nation. Um, so, Mike, do you remember anything about that tabletop uh, meeting session that you had? Uh, no, I really don't. <laughs> I don't either, but I do know <laughs> that, like, they didn't want to go with the Camarilla. Queenie was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly what I remember is we kept delaying the attack, but I remember the attack because it was... During one, it was during the middle of one of the LARPing sections. And I tried to pull out my phone or my laptop and make like a, an alarm sound. But the room was just terrible for it. And that's when I stood up on the chair and I was like, this shit is happening now. Everybody is being attacked now. <laughs> and we were basically delaying up until that point. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That's what I. That's what I remember. Um. So then the main thing that happened that I know that the next big thing that I really remember was the fight with the nameless. That the nameless basically showed up, and everybody had to, uh, you know, enact the main things that they that they needed to do in order to beat him. Um. And a lot of prepping that I remember for for this that was happening by the mages was trying to find the name of the nameless and for the life of me I can't remember and I couldn't find what the name of the nameless they did they named him um, something I think they named him Michael or something like that or some uh, Christian name um, but in any case um, it was uh, you know it was this whole um, you know, act that they kind of did in order to, uh, or focus that they did. The other thing that they prepared with was the Verbena kind of got together and found a sacrificial spell that they believed could, if if not uh, kill, at least wound deeply the Nameless, um, but they would have to sacrifice their entire um, tradition in order to do that. Um, well, not the entire tradition, but the, the entire tradition that was in Madison, basically, um, was going to have to sacrifice themselves. Um, and so like kind of like the Croatan. Yeah. Kind of like the Croatan kind of uh, thing that happened. 
Um, so I remember that was a huge, you know, battle. I remember, you know, the, the vampires were, do you, um, I, I thought that the vampires were doing some pretty high tech or something like that stuff that they got their hands on in order to fight there. Um, I mean, obviously the werewolves just started beating the shit out of, you know, just climbing up the nameless and I had him be like a towering, huge, you know, creature being, if I remember correctly, that he manifested as. Yeah, and, and actually, I would just like to bring up, like, I, I want to say we did it all three years, but I can't remember if year two was different, um, where the final battle was you standing on a chair in the middle of the room, going around the room, asking what people did. Yep. Uh, I, I remember year one. Yeah, I remember year one being really fun, but I, I, I think we did it year three. Absolutely. That was um, the end in year three, because that's when, you know, some of the crazy, really crazy stuff started happening. Um, but before we get to that, um, just as, as just before that end scene happened where you guys where they fought the nameless, there was a bunch of crazy shit that started happening in the galaxy uh, or in the in the world. So let's let's go through a few of these um, uh Amber, do you? I believe a lot of these, were, and you were the one I think going around shouting all of these. Um, right. This so. was happening, I think, when they were deciding whether or not uh, they wanted to go with or stay with the Kahara Pact. Or no, even, this uh, was just while they before were investigating. the. This was well. I think this was all throughout the game, but most of these, because most of these really crazy things started happening just before the nameless attacks. Like the the very end of our game, where I sat up, you know, I stood up and started talking and telling everybody to attack me. And what did you do? Just before getting to that point is when we were declaring all of these things for like an hour. Yeah, so I just ran around, uh, screaming crazy shit that was happening in the world. Like Florida got swallowed by the sea. A gigantic storm forming around Madison like a hurricane. Uh, all the polar bears have turned into multicolored superpower bears with strange symbols on their bellies. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see, what are some of those? So Quebec declares independence and goes to war with Canada. Because these are yeah. also just evil, bad things that the Nameless was doing a lot of this stuff. And this is just other reactions of other supernatural groups and what they were doing. Yeah, It was also that, like, this is the, the reality is falling apart. Right. The end of the world is really taking place. Here's some crazy things that yeah. happen in, in the end of the world of Madison Under Siege. Um, the Russian space station crashes into Madison and is taking dog emergencies. Or, uh, what? Emerge. A, oh, talking a talking dog, dog emerges. emerges. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I I wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot for not being able um, to say that. Um, let's see here. Uh, let me just read one of my favorite ones. All employees of Walt Disney Corp have begun mutating into cartoonish animals. There have been reports that they are extremely dangerous and have already been seen eating dozens of humans. Um, this is one of the ones I really like, is that uh, Japan flips over and a shield bubble emerges around it. Um, and didn't we have it that they they like turned like their island into a giant mech as well at the end? I thought there was a mech that, that was... Uh, actually, 
No, that's that's what I did in the final battle. The 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 mech underneath uh, Bascom Hill wakes up, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, California has been forcefully ripped into the Pacific Ocean by an entity calls, calling himself the Tesla. Yeah. Okay, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, all inhabitants of Washington, D.C. have converged on the Washington Monument, arranging themselves in a spiral, ordered from shortest to tallest. Satellite photos indicate they are slowly moving into the monument. Oh my god, this is another one that's pretty crazy. Fox News goes dark and begins broadcasting the beheadings of all humans considered to be other. It is literally... What, uh, Brett, uh, Beyer? Killing people. Brett Bear. Brett Bear, killing people with the lights off. Aztec-style pyramids, ships have uh, descended from space and are hovering over South America. <laughs> Let's have Amber read the last one on the list. I think that was her favorite. Last one. Oh, yeah. Cats gathered in massive groups in mostly empty fields, and then they start purring in unison. <laughs> like, Why? <laughs> But it's, it's honestly the most like terrifying one in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway, so we were yelling those out during like most of the build up to the final battle. Yep. Um, so, do you guys want to go over any of the um, like, Mike? Do you remember anything from the? Uh vampires specifically what they did in the end battle i'm trying to remember specifically but i remember or not sorry the vampires the hunters i believe they just used powers on me as individuals tried using different hunter powers on me some yeah hurting me and some... i think that makes sense uh i don't i don't remember anything that really stuck out yeah i don't know if you there when was you any... say me do you mean the nameless what do you mean you're saying you like yourself. Are you talking about the nameless at that yes. point? Yes. Okay. Because I was playing that character. Yeah, yeah, you were you were up there. Um, no, the I don't. Uh, the hunters, I think, just used normal hunter powers. I don't think they tried to do anything weird. Um, okay. Yep. And then because um, I know I've got a few things that happened with the mages. Um, do you remember if there was any major thing you... Uh, I know Ben was attacking me with some kind of dagger, and there was a thing about Ben um, uh, and what... There was the Book of the Nameless, uh, if I remember correctly, and something about if he... Ben was supposed to, to kill him with the dagger, and then that would give him a material form. Right, yeah, attacking him with the dagger gave him uh, more substance form, I believe. And Ben, and that's one thing that Ben did do. He came up and stabbed him, and that's when, after he stabbed him, that's when the Nameless made him a uh, human. I mean, he did 
fulfill his promise of giving him back his soul. <laughs> I don't understand why he was mad about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the big things that the mages did was, uh, so they sacrificed all of the verbena of Madison in order to wound him. Um, they were able to find the name of the nameless in order to like give uh, him more vulnerability. Um, and by declaring his name at that time, they um, weakened him and brought him closer to being, you know, a, a, a killable thing. And uh, and then they dropped the Horizon Realm on top of him in the end. Um, and I remember that was kind of like the, the, the end result was basically that over like Lake N Minona, you know, the nameless, you know, this big fight was happening with all of this... Um, Actually, it wouldn't. It would be like on like the edge, but it was like basically they got him, they smashed him down with a giant floating, you know, isthmus, you know, size of like I don't know, maybe multiple square miles of uh, land that that dropped down from the sky on top of the nameless, um, infused with all of the node power that it, you know, like was holding it together, and unleashed on the nameless all at once. Um, you know, and after the series of what everybody else had done, um, you know, weakening him to that point was, you know, dropping basically the biggest nuke that you can possibly drop on somebody um, happened and then contained itself down to basically make it so I believe we didn't kill off everybody or maybe we did because at that point it didn't really matter. But the players didn't die, but the <laughs> maybe a bunch of humans did. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um but yeah, it was uh, it was a, just an epic, you know, end end result battle that kind of happened, um, and that was our main kind of wrap up. Was you know everybody was kind of you know after that you guys are going to be rebuilding the world basically after all that uh, crazy shit that we declared happening just before the main battle, and the main battle itself wrecking tons of stuff. So yeah, uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier, uh, which was one of the kind of secret things. Uh, there's a ancient Native American biomechanical suit that exists under Bascom Hill in Madison, uh, which is the main hill of the university. And during the fight with the Nameless, uh, I mean, this is all kind of theoretical. I just said that it happened. But basically the hill kind of comes apart and this giant biomechanical mech stands up and starts fighting the name nameless. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember saying that specifically. Uh, Cause that was like a thing that we had built into the mythos that that was, that's why there was a hill there. It was like the last of uh, these biomechanical mechs that, uh, I don't know that we're just here. Oh yeah, and then there was Black Nineteen, and I remember that, that was a bunch of stuff we did in the beginning. That was to get the name of the nameless. That's what the Black oh, Nineteen yeah. held. 19. Um, so that was one of our big secrets. Was uh, what was Black Nineteen? Black Nineteen held the name of the nameless, or granted the ability for whoever was uh, whoever could obtain it um, and control it to name the nameless in the end. 
Yeah, and that had been in the story all the way since the first year, right? Yes. Yeah, we'd been, uh, I believe they uh, got information on it in year one. I believe they retrieved it in year two, and then um, it got uh, used in, in year three. It got absorbed into Anne, the uh, Akashic Brotherhood um, leader. And then she had to fight with, like, uh, she had to, like, fight with herself, basically. And the um, Black 19, or Black, uh, yeah, Black 19. And then once she was able to defeat it, she kind of got the access to the ability to name the nameless, from my understanding, if I, if I remember correctly. It was, unfortunately, I did not was, take notes specifically on what happened with that. Was that, uh, was that our friend Chuck who was playing that character at the time? Uh, when he when he when it got absorbed into him when we talked about it in um, the the other podcast for year 2017 um, but yeah that's that's when he he was the one that had it absorbed into him yeah yeah I, I vaguely remember that part um, so yeah um, let's delve real quick into um, any major secrets that we wanted to kind of reveal and talk about um, things that were revealed in 2018 um, and then just general secrets you know in general um, I've got uh, I'm going to kind of talk about the nameless in the end here but uh, I'll let you guys uh, talk about any secrets or um, so I think this is where a Amber if you want to talk about Ben and uh I don't know, Mike, you didn't really have a lot of secret crazy stuff that you were being involved in. Yeah, I only had, like, individual character secrets, and they're honestly not that important. All right, so uh, let's go into uh, Amber, if you want to just talk about Ben's big secret um, and uh, what that was all about. Well, to start off, like, almost every vampire at my table... Uh, had a secret that somehow decided to screw up everyone else. Like the Giovanni had a ghoul uh, army under the city, and that's where the, the zombies came from, because Ben tainted them. Uh, he was also messing with the worm uh, that supplied vampire blood. I don't remember why he was doing that. I think it was just one of his experiments. Uh, but it all boils down to Ben had been working with the Nameless, I believe, since the beginning. Uh, and it was also that he could get his soul back because he was technically a mage first. He had a very long uh, backstory. Uh, Benjamin's player created him himself. Uh, and I basically allowed him free reign. I think Jerome was the one who, who allowed him to do it first. And I learned a lot of GMing through allowing him to do all the crazy shit he wanted so that I could also try to combat it. Uh, so very good learning experience for me. Um, but getting back on point, uh, he... 
one of the things that I remember with with him was the idea that he was. Um, I, I worked with him a lot because it was a lot of working with uh, mage stuff and working with the nameless. So I did a lot of the nameless stuff with him, and he was really creative. I mean, he made like a you know multi-page backstory for his character. Um, worked with him on making you know like this nameless book. Um, and, you know, worked with him a lot through the three years. He came to all the games, um, and it was a lot of fun to work with, um, you know, trying to build up this kind of new character. It was a lot of work, um, you know, trying to bring in, um, you know, a player to bring in such a huge part. And the big part was that nobody knew that he was working with the Nameless. Um, and one of the big things he did was he killed Jan Nunn. I remember being one of the the big secrets that he ended up doing was was a at the time was an NPC Nosferatu character or yeah because year one he didn't kill her year two she uh, she got killed by him and he diablerized her. And I just remember yeah. that being really like one of the big uh, secrets that um, did that get revealed in 2018 that he was he diablerized her or did he get to sweep that underneath the rug the whole time yeah he swept all of his his wrongdoings under the rug because uh, I remember was it 2017 the one that we were voting for Republicans and stuff and or uh, yeah that was 2017 yeah for yeah, Republican I, or, uh, or uh, I created uh David Nunn, the secret son of Jan Nunn, who came to the city uh, to investigate who killed his mother, specifically because he killed Jan Nunn. Uh, mainly just able to, to, to manipulate that. That that didn't. They, he he came looking for Jan Nunn, and Ben used that to his advantage. Actually, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was a mixture of like Ben befriended his character immediately and also like the the person who was playing him was so wrapped up in the other things that were happening he didn't really look into the investigation to begin with so it was it was very positive on Ben's part to to keep distracting him uh, what else happened? Um, let's see here. Um, he also uh, stole a bunch of Rebecca Troy's stuff. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, do we? Do oh, we the Duraller that he was the one that poisoned the Duraller. Uh, yes. And then so the Duraller is this giant worm thing that's underneath Madison City um, that's basically being uh, built by a pack between basically the mages, the Tremere, and the Giovanni of the city. Um, and they built this giant worm that basically using the node and magic creates human blood instead of vampire. And it's like the pure best, you know, O positive blood basically that you can get and they were saying that they got it from like blood banks from around the world and that there was this whole like basically they 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 rigged the whole system so that it made it look like it wasn't coming from this worm creature thing um 
but it was really good blood and it wasn't tainted or bad or hurt you in any way but he taints the water or the the uh the blood supply and then that uh kind of um dries up at that point um do you remember if he got busted for that at all nope he literally got away scot-free with all of his deeds <laughs> the only thing that he does. didn't get was the surprise that he turned human for all of his bad doings mm-hmm. and that was that was i think the only thing he was upset about mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah um other than that so i think that that was mainly all of our big huge secrets um that haven't been revealed yet um, I believe we talked about a lot of the other ones um, that were revealed in earlier years in the, the other episode, uh, the final four, episode one, or season one. Did we talk about the Tarask? So we didn't really use too much. I think there was a little bit, but yeah, we wanted to have a Tarask that was created, like, or that was what helped Gary Gygax create dungeons and dragons was this tarasque was uh that was lived underneath madison was uh like invading his dreams um maybe not even uh you know well, creation of D, but just the idea of the tarasque itself i well, guess it, it wasn't that uh the tarasque itself was invading his dreams it was that gary gygax in the world of darkness setting um is a dreamer uh, and he has like all the stuff that he came up with for those original monster manuals was from that. And so the Tarask is a thing that actually exists in that version of the world of darkness. Right. Uh, and so it was actually from one of our original games that we played at the Clarion. <laughs> where, uh, it was set in the year 2011 uh, around the Act 10 protests in Madison. And it was uh, Recall Walker was actually a mispronunciation of a magical set of words Recall Walker. Uh, And this was a like hundreds year long plan by evil Nefandi, where like they manipulated the location of the capital because uh, they knew about the supernova before anybody else. Uh, and then there was this this nascent Tarask that exists underneath the uh, Lake Mendota. And this ritual was uh, the culmination of like hundreds of years of planning where people walk uh, clockwise around that super node saying the magic words, recall Walker. Imagine how much planning goes into that. You have to create a kid whose last name is Walker, make him governor, then get him recalled. (laughs) And you have to make sure that the word for uh, taking somebody out of office is recall. (laughs) <laughs> like they had to manipulate that that far back is how far back it goes so and and the and the point of the whole thing was that the ritual worked it just takes five years for the Tarask to wake up 
and that was supposed to be like one of the end game things uh or maybe it takes 10 years because that happened in 2011 so it would have theoretically happened in 2016 but didn't but yeah at some point the tarasque was supposed to wake up because this trickle energy from the super node was going into it right yeah uh, but yeah that was that was my favorite secret from the early game yeah that's a really good one yeah, that was a really good one. I like the Bascom Hill one, too. Yeah, I guess we already kind of talked about some of your special secrets. It just wasn't werewolf-centric or vampire, or, or sorry, or hunter-centric. It was kind of just world -centric. Yeah, mine were all off to the side. Very cool, though. Um, so I think we're getting to a point here where we can probably start wrapping up. Uh, is there anything that we're forgetting, though, before we wrap up here? No. Nope. Yeah, I think that does a pretty good covering it of it there. So thank you all for watching. This is uh, Frozen Fallout signing off. Oh, this is Motorori signing off. This is Jesse's mouth. Good night, peeps. All right, awesome. Thank you all for watching and have a great night. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on. It was awesome to, to talk to you on this. I hope to pull you in here every once in a while to pick your brain on stuff um especially about the uh technogate game um i want to try and pull off some of you players and bring them onto the show and talk to you about how you guys are feeling about that but that's for another show so awesome thank you all for watching have a great night